Hello, and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Aliens in Short Controlled Bursts. I'm Mitch Bryan. And I'm John Engel. And today we're talking about minute number eight, which begins with Burke further explaining how long Ripley was in cryosleep and ends with Ripley being attended to by some physicians. And we got Jason Heck back again, I guess. Third day is a charm. I guess. <laughs> yes, he's here. I guarantee yeah, you don't have I to mean, guess. I didn't need, I could see here. him. So he's sitting there. But, Six yeah, days yeah. of recovering from the last Just minute. Wanna, has, yeah. uh, I, I'm back. Yeah, we and, had to give him a break. His brain, you know, there's oh a little gray matter pouring from below the. Well, it's just going to get more complicated today yeah. because we're going to have to do some math at some point. Yeah, um, there's but, math, there's time. You know, there's odds. What are the odds? What are the odds that she would have been picked up? Okay. Take a guess, Jason. What are the odds that a small life raft of a ship mm. in deep space mm. would be found? I mean, we have ships that go ship. missing right here on Earth. So and you we'll tell, never find them. Right, right. Well, we never find them. Some yes. some guy gets into a raft and his little his little emergency position indicator doesn't go. Coast Guard, all that doesn't find him. That's on Earth. So now we have Burke who says, "What does he say? One in a thousand, really?" Hey, that, kiddo, kiddo, you're lucky. It's like one in a thousand. Right, when he says you drifted right through the core systems, and it's just blind luck. Now, we were talking about this. How big is outer space? Well, the answer is infinite. So, I mean, how big is Oprah? It's bigger than Oprah. It's huge. It's it's colossal. You know how big it is. And the odds of this this team of salvage guys, junk men, Fred Sanford, finding a life raft in outer space... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go with a number that I don't use much. It's like billions to one. Well, let's talk about trillion. this. Octillions, yeah, so, something like that. Assuming they knew where the Nostromo refinery was nuked, detonated. Sure, they, they know that there much. Was some flight plan. The company they, knew where. It was. They must have known that, right? Mm-hmm. So then they radiate a search out from that because they. I mean, I assume they think there might have been an escape pod, right? And it probably has a homing beacon on it or something, right? right? Thinking in three dimensions, right? Because yes, it's space. Think, you're right. Thinking in so three dimensions. So we're going in a sphere, not a wheel. Okay, so we've got the sphere. I would almost okay. have rather it been. We've been looking at. We've been looking for you forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and we finally found you. You I know, mean, versus like somebody just happened to stumble across you. I I don't I don't know. I think. It's interesting to decide which one of those might be a more plausible. Um, and she ends up right back in the company's hands, which is interesting. Right. right. Why isn't it a Japanese conglomerate that finds her? Right. Or why isn't it then the European? Because the then the movie would have to be subtitles. Right. Right. And we know that people for action movies in 86, they're not wanting to read much. Right. I get that. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's it's a lot of coincidences that get her from launching the Narcissus with 10 seconds left into a bed at Gateway Station. And by coincidences, I mean colossal, gigantic coincidences. Which could easily have been erased with a little more sell on the dialogue about, we've been looking for you for a long time, kiddo. Right. So, did they, okay, how much do they know about, like, we get, we're going to get the inquest soon. Mm -hmm. Are they just finding out all the details then? Or does there some? Was there a search? Did they find wreckage? Did they? I'm serious. Like yeah, because right. so like, would they, they have this guy come into, the, come into the briefing s- section who's like 70 years old and he's been on the case of trying to he's solve like, what the, happened? The detective. To his, yeah. to, that was my oil maybe, refinery. That was right, my livelihood. Played, played by Abe Vigoda or something. <laughs> you destroyed my livelihood. 
I've been looking for years <laughs> right. to find what you did to well, my What I'm wondering is, would anybody have even been looking for her at all? Would every, they're just assumed lost, right? I mean, would you even know that the An explosion engine, occurred? The engines blew up, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and based on the end of Alien, it was something like a, a, a small supernova when they detonate, when she so detonated. some kind of information was, made it to Earth. Oh, hell yeah. They were communicating with right. Mother. Mother, mother was Mother was sending word back but, to the... But in that case, then they know all about the alien. Of course they do. That's the best. Well, that's what I was talking about in the last minute. I you know, guys said no, they, no. they don't know about the alien. No, I i don't know if they know about the alien. Why but wouldn't they? they? Ash yeah, would they be telling do. them You're all right. about it. You're probably right. Ash so if that... Yeah. I'm not sure deep space communication's been happening here. Right. So I, I don't don't know. It's it the is, stuff that they didn't really get into. So it is pretty far from, you know, outposts or whatever. We know the planetoid is sort of un, it's not discovered. So maybe there aren't any, you know, subspace buoys communication, right. you know, satellites or whatever to get messages. I mean it would But the never but the ship never went off course. It would take Decades and decades and decades for any of that kind of radio transmission to make. Well, it to I guess Earth. that's true. If they had to be in cryo sleep to right. make their trips, right. somebody going out to find right. them is also going to have to be in cryo sleep. Okay, so and she was. Oh no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I fought, I fought my way out of it. It was sort of like biting into a huge has like, some Excedrin bomb pop the... or something, like major brain freeze. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, at, at, at the very least, let let us say that thousand to one is hooey. That yes, yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. that even if even if there are extenuating circumstances, like the core systems are as cramped as Star Wars galaxy, right. it's, it's still, I mean, that's still ridiculous odds, no matter how you put it. But anyway, you know what he's doing is he's just spewing off at the mouth. He doesn't yeah. know what the odds were. He doesn't know anything about it. Right. He's a he's a corporate. He's a hack. What does he know? He calls her kiddo and uses that kind of right. We got we got Burke from accounting to deliver the bad news. Yeah, P- Peter Scolari from Newhart has come in and told us. Well, there's your uh, there's your Peter Scolari reference for today, America. Hey, there it is. I'm sure there are many Peter Scolari uh, references right. happening on podcasts every day. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, there is a, that thing you do, man. He's got he's got a couple of minutes in that movie. So unless Mary Fran has a podcast, that I don't know about maybe. Oh well, Mary heaven, Fran. Mary Fran heaven. passed away in like heaven. I twelve said. years ago. I said in heaven. Have some respect. He man. calls her kiddo, right? Which is instantly patronizing. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Instantly offensive. Right. Yeah. And 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 the fact that she is fifty seven years older than he is at a minimum makes it even now it makes it stupid right right <laughs> so yeah. so you already get that he's glib that he's a handler that yeah. he's a little greasy yeah so the cat all the goodwill that that bought him that that's done right because the way right. he's talking and deliver I mean he delivers the news with a semblance of humanity like oh geez this is you know better brace yourself but let's call that a bare minimum. Right. So we are we're instantly being turned off of Burke just by how every time he opens his mouth. So now he delivers this news to Ripley, which is so shocking that something starts to happen. Some sort of fit, some sort of seizure, something is coming over her. The the, the news washing over her like this sort of just tipped off by the cat hissing. Right. And we know whenever Jones hisses and a heartbeat brought up. On, yeah, on, on the soundtrack. On the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then, and then the, and then that cool gimmick of the uh, camera changing speed, ramping up. In other words, turning it into slow motion without a cut, which is a n- new piece of technology. So the so, speed would change, the aperture would change, and it would all. So yeah. now we're really t- not just with the visual image on the screen, like the space station. Now with technique, we're getting into Cameron Land, right? Oh, we're yeah. starting. Here's something 
a new toy for him to play with. That's what Cameron's going to spend the rest of his career doing. Here's an example was, of a new t- camera technology that he's like, I'm going to utilize this. And he it's was great. already it's doing per- it in Terminator. He was yeah. he was bu- he was building entire sequences in slow motion. So it's not like mm-hmm. with Peck and Paw where you would cut to these um, shots at different speeds within this montage of slowing down the image of the action uh, at different uh, different frame rates. And the cut it was all about the montage. The whole thing with Cameron in these action scenes is he just slows everything down and just makes it take place in this sort of agonizing. It's, it's kind of the converse of what Kurosawa was doing early because in if, in Seven Samurai he has slow mo within the shot, right? But he did it from stillness. Like your assumption was stillness uh-huh. when you didn't realize you were actually in a slow mo shot. And in this case, we actually have action at a normal speed ramping down it has a similar effect so it's just it's jarring and it's got and it puts emphasis on yeah what's happening so. and then he never goes back to um to regular speed until after the until really until the big punchline shot i think does the does the glass drop in regular speed glasses in slow motion is it yeah, I, for some the, reason so, i was thinking yeah. that it that kind of cut us back into regular speed again. For some and time. this is our look at cameron the inventor right the guy fascinated yes. with the technique of film the guy who couldn't get the shots he wanted of the Titanic, so he did 14 patents for different lenses and underwater camera rigs and went down and did it himself. This is a guy who's constantly on the ragged, bleeding edge of movie-making technology because mm-hmm. he's, well, there's a bit of Parker, no, a bit of Brett in him, a little bit of Savant, because mm-hmm. he is he is a genius at inventing new ways to depict things on screen. And since film is the technological medium and every big advance in film has pretty much coincided with a technological advance right with color sound it, it's it's digital it's, effects yeah yeah sure. yeah and he, pioneered, he pioneered that so it's sort yeah. of perfect you know he every movie he makes is an is on some level a research and development project you're right and, and and certainly none bigger than avatar which is almost sort of a it's almost like a class project or sort of a thesis on on all these new techniques the fact that it's a movie that was designed to make money is almost an afterthought to all the technology that he's bringing into it. But, I mean, the movie he does after this, you know, The Abyss, we have our first look at the digital stuff, at the the, the, the digital, the, the wave and all this other stuff. So in Aliens, this is kind of, he's pushing the boundaries without computing power, right? He's trying to do stuff pretty much all practically, and he still makes a movie that's good enough that it holds up. There are a few, you know, shots of, of the, the dropship that aren't quite so great, but for the most part, because it's all practical, it works. Yeah. Yeah, so she's falling into this complete state of terror, paralyzing terror. In fact, she she's having she's the way her eyes are moving. She the news is bludgeoning her, but there's also something underlying that's very wrong. That I love get. the fact that Jones just gets the hell out of there. Too. Yeah, Jones knows what's going on. Yeah. Like, the ultimate survivor, right? Yeah. He probably would have survived the crash on Fury One Six One. Actually, you know, yeah. in Alien Three, he probably would have <laughs> probably would have pulled it off. So we're getting Big James Horner now, too, right? Mm. Big James, we call him. Yeah. Yeah, so suddenly yeah. We, we've gotten that little theme at the beginning, the, the 2001 ripoff theme at the beginning. That's just, you know, what it is. I mean, we're thinking about another movie when we're hearing that, which is fine. But now we're in Hornerland, where we're like, here comes a big bludgeoning mm-hmm. score. This is not, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything to compare Goldsmith did and yeah, Alien that Goldsmith, quite gets this crazy. Maybe not, but there's some pretty crazy stuff there's some. that Goldsmith does I, in, in Alien, that, Planet of the Apes, Outland. I was oh, I just Planet mean in Alien yeah. in particular, but um, I'm just thinking about the difference between the two films. But this gets so brassy and brash yeah, and yeah, just yeah. crazy. 
and it's going to be this is going to be our action theme mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie every time the shit really goes down this is what's going to be behind it and i think it's now we're starting to get out of subtle cameron you know transitioning overlapping between the two movies now we might be this might be it this might be the end of we're saying goodbye to ridley scott probably right after the scene i think i i mean i could be wrong there could be some things coming up that are still a little i mean besides the uh the no, you know, cast photos that we're going to see I, later at the inquest. Yeah. But yeah, I think that we're pretty much yeah. by um, goodbye alien. Now we're going to go straight into I'm my own man. And this is my movie now. Absolutely. Yes. We're into alien dollar sign aliens. Right. You know? Yeah. So, well, um, and- that's good though. I mean, here we are. We're, I'd say that this is a pretty good time for that. Like we've, we don't need 15 minutes of subtly building up. I think it's time to get on with it. And I think so. I'm I'm all for it. I think this is great. And I got to tell you, being one that saw this movie before I saw Alien, this fucked me up. I had no idea exactly what was happening. And we haven't even got there yet to the, right. to the punchline. So doctors are still now just running into the place. Doctor Nathan. So Doctor Who. Doctor Nathan Fillion, MD. Nathan with Greg Evigan, MD. He's with his Sean Bean. Sean Bean haircut. Mid eighties haircut. Yeah. So so look for like Sean Bean sort circa Patriot Games kind of kind of that Sean Bean kind of early early nineties Sean Bean. Yeah. So I it's don't know. So she's throwing around. You know, she's in the throes of pain on this bed. I didn't know. And I mean, I, yeah. I I knew about the chestburster, but I didn't know how it went down. And I wasn't. You know, it's it's not an easy connect the dots thing for what? How old was I? Eleven, twelve years old. So um, this was effective. Again, we're back to talking about the things that would speak to an audience member who hadn't seen Alien that that you have to think about when you make a movie like Aliens. You know, to drop back to the treatment for just one second. What's interesting is that. The way that the treatment plays out is that we once we see space, once we go inside the Narcissus to um, to where the men in bio isolation suits carry equipment and hand lights in, and and a gloved hand wipes at the dust, and from inside the capsule, the beam of light stabs inward, illuminating a woman's face, which is Ripley. This is the way you wanted it to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, the way you wanted it to happen is how it happens in the treatment. And as she begins to wake up, then it cuts to a dream sequence, which is her running through the Nostromo with the flamethrower and mm. then eventually coming to some dark pet corridor and having to go into that dark corridor and then waking up in the med tech lab. So mm. it's very interesting how this idea of we're going to have this um, dream sequence thing happen in the first few minutes of the movie, it didn't exactly happen this way, but it still happened. And I think that's what's another great thing about this document, how it gives us so many hints to what is going to happen one way or the other. And it so. hits so fast. That's what's great. She's been in there. You know, we're on our second minute mm-hmm. in, in the med bay, basically. And and it hits so fast that this just punch out of nowhere. Pretty well, great. Well, and of course, we're back. We're also, you know, getting back to I just discussed seeing the movie for this movie for the first time without having seen Alien. We're back to the Alien fans who've been waiting seven years for the follow-up. People were supposed to think maybe she had a chest burster, right, right? Right, Oh, yeah. So here we are coming back to answer another question. Was the alien in Jones? Was the alien, did, did she get uh, inseminated? And it's so crazy that you don't have time to think, well, that wouldn't make any sense because she's going to clearly be in the movie. But we have but to wait until the a... next minute to get the answer to that yeah. question. So right now, if you're an Alien fan, you're going, holy shit, she's, this is chest burster scene. So what else could it be? What else could it be? I don't know. And it could be anything. No, it couldn't be anything. It couldn't be anything else to answer your question. Well, so, that's why sure. we need to get on to the next minute and see right. uh, how we cap this thing off. All right. Well, let's do it then. Um, 
All right. Well, you can uh, find us as usual on AlienMinute.com. Uh, you can also follow us on uh, Twitter at AlienMinutePod or on Instagram at AlienMinutePodcast. And, you know, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed on iTunes, you definitely should. I'm sure you have uh, subscribed somewhere if you're listening to us. But, you know, think about leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. They really help uh, get us out there for more people to listen to us. So, anyway, okay, so that does it for Minute number 8. We'll see you tomorrow for Minute 9.